This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. It's literally the only song that we both like. This is the entirety of the Grant and Nathan Snow road trip mix. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield. And Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tune Shuffle. I was on like, like two different kind of improv groups I did a lot of shows with, and then and we started out together. Like my main group I was with, we met in classes, and we just kind of our, our teacher. I was like, "You guys just like keep taking classes together because you're all really good together." And then, who was your teacher? This was Bridget Kloss at the time from um, from UCB. At IO. Oh, yeah. What then, year was that? When was that? 2010. Oh, yeah, probably not too long ago. Yeah. Nine ten, two thousand nine ten, okay. and then uh, and yeah, we got a group, kept taking classes, and kept performing. Then it was great, and the reason why I liked it is because I played basketball my whole life, and obviously, like you guys talking about being a Clipper fan, mm-hmm. and I love basketball. Played high school, college, and playing with this group, like it was almost like I related to playing basketball with like friends of mine that where we can. There's friends that I could play with, and it's just like oh yeah, you can close your eyes, and we'd still play. We'd make all the passes, and like, we know where we we're going to be, and that's how it was with this group, and I just loved it, and then. They start getting famous and this and this and moving on and then it's just like harder and harder to get the group together, you know. You Wasn't there a movie about that not too long ago? Yeah, it was uh, the Michael Bigley movie. Yeah. Um, Don't think twice. That's right. Yes. I didn't see it, obviously. It's about an improv group. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd probably love it. Yeah. yeah. I, a lot of people I know say that they cry watching it. <laughs> well, I mean, I the, didn't, but and I tend to cry at everything. But this you is do? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I cried cry, watching baby. a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I cried that day watching a clip from Shark Tank on the internet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I worked like, so hard to get this product up. <laughs> I fake cry in a lot of things. See, I can hold it in, though. It's like I only do it when I'm by myself, and I have friends that always want to see me. Like, they want to like, go see a certain movie. Cause, like, like Lion. We went and saw Lion together. I mean, she's... Cause she like she's like cold and doesn't cry anything. And I cry everything. And she always hears about it, but she doesn't never see it. So we went and saw Lion together, and <laughs> it's so funny. It's me and my two friends, and I was sitting in the middle. One of them on the right is just bawling. She's like the whole time just crying, crying. Which the movie's great and also very sad and moving. And then the one left is just like not having no emotion at all. <laughs> and I'm in the middle, and I'm holding the, my crying so hard. Every like I'd say twenty minutes, it tries to like burst out, and I would just make that face, and I. And then I just pull it in, and I went to cry. <laughs> I have like five times throughout the movie. You know, when you hold it in like that, you ugly cry. Oh, yeah. Like, you have <laughs> to just let it go, and then it's a cute cry. Yeah, no, I, I turned to that face for the ugly cry, and then I, okay. It's my it. allergies. It's my allergies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you guys have, like, a film where the most tears and dry heaving and the whole body shake? Steel I, Magnolias. I have Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Maggie Mayfield's Steel Magnolias. Jonathan? Um, two right away. One is Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> and two is um, the Brad Pitt movie, the one that he was he got the most famous from, Legends of the Fall. Legends uh, of the Fall. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I lived in Cambridge. It was a town. I didn't go to Harvard, but yeah. I chased Harvard people, you know, women. and uh, Yeah, what's that scene? What's he say? When uh, Ron Williams is hugging uh, Matt Damon. Like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not your yeah. fault. <laughs> it's the only difference. In my case, it's totally my fault because I had every opportunity growing up to go to Harvard and I just let <laughs> it go. So I couldn't relate to that. That's twice I've tried to be funny so far in this broadcast. <laughs> you guys look at me like, wow, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, dude.
Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah. And Jonathan, I, I have to reference, Jonathan uh, is wearing a Clippers t-shirt, local Los Angeles talent here. And when uh, you compared improvisation to improv groups, you know, the, the rhythm yeah. and the sports personship and the whole like we got all gel together you gestured to your shirt i thought you were gesturing to your your body because man are you buff oh you're in great <laughs> you're in great physical condition i'm not like oh. joe rogan or dave Chappelle now buff yeah but, dave got yeah. big uh, yeah it was oh, joe yeah, piscopo a, started that trend i believe oh yeah he's yeah. always he's always after snl <laughs> i gotta work out yeah i started lifting weights a little bit again i i was just playing a lot of basketball and i mm-hmm. lost some weight if i don't work out i'll lose weight I, I stay kind of thin. If you don't work out, yeah, you'll yeah, lose yeah. weight. God love you. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that problem. If I don't eat Hagen dazs I tend to lose a few. Yeah, I get yeah. skinny. And the reason why, and I started working out a long time ago because for basketball, because like going from high school to college, there's players that are not as good as me, but they would be able to just like bump me with their weight and get past me. Mm. And I hated it because I'm like, you freaking suck. But you think you're better but it's just because your weight, you outweigh me by like 20 pounds. And then I had a... They they play a physical game. Yeah. When did you start playing basketball? Where are you from, man? Where where were you born and raised? Uh, so you want to do a proper intro? Sure. Yeah. Let's Hi, welcome it. to Y Tune Shuffle. With my co-host David R. Waterman. Mm-hmm, that's me. And then uh, my name is the, Maggie Mayfield. <laughs> but you didn't say uh, comedy's best kept kept secret. Okay, let's start. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> start over. Welcome to Y Tune Shuffle. Hey, amazing Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood secret weapon David R. Waterman. <laughs> secret weapon. <laughs> So cute. And our very wonderful guest today, whom I've had the pleasure of meeting, actually not even in Los Angeles. We were doing a very interesting show down in San Diego together. We'll get to that story in a moment. Jonathan Flanagan, welcome. Thank you. Jonathan Flanagan, uh, (laughs) improvisational actor, comic. Yes. And do you do scripted stuff and that kind of thing? I have. uh, Not very well, I don't think. Well, I think I used to be a much better actor. And then once again, when I did improv, it just took over. I mean, as it does, it takes over like all your time in life and money. And then... (laughs) Ain't that the truth? And stand-up as well. And I just don't do acting anymore. But I recently, I just did a friend's film. And I was acting with a really good actress. And... Who was it? Her name is... Tanya, I don't remember her last name. Mm. She's actually on a series in Australia right now. Cool. Yeah, she got like a three year contract over there. But, anyways, but, and I was like, I'm not, I don't like, like, what, I, so what character like, did you play in this film? It's hard to explain. Is this true? Or no, it's true. Kinda... It was like, um, <laughs> so it's a really cool psychological. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen, I honestly, I didn't read the whole script. <laughs> you you, you got to get your press junket <laughs> wheels rolling yeah. here, Flanagan. I mean, you're going to be a star. You're, uh, you're on your way. Because I'm not so. like, I'm not the main person. What's the name of the movie? It's called And Then There Was Eve. And it's about a man who transitions into a woman, like a trans, transgender person. And then, but it's more of the story focused on that man's wife. Got it. And her psychological issues that goes going through the transition yes. and whatnot. Or it's kind of like she wakes up one day with kind of like amnesia, like not understanding, where's my husband, this and this. Right. Doesn't remember, realize that, oh, your husband's now gone and now there's Eve, you know, Got this it. woman kind of thing. Oh, okay. And so I played the male, her husband during male form. Because it's really oh, about, wow. Wow, okay. it's really about her as a, she's already a woman mm-hmm. and then. And but there's like you know flashback scenes and right, love right. scenes and things like that. Her fantasies of her. So you had a pretty substantial part. Eh, not really. Like it's it's weird. There's, like you're talked about though a lot though. Yes, I'm referred yeah. to, and you see a lot of me and a lot of me. Like yeah. hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, was that weird for you? Uh yeah, certain parts. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Because I think as a woman, it's always you're always like, oh man, if I do this, is it going to kill my career? But I never thought about it from a man's point of view. Like if you strip down in front of a camera, 
what happens yeah. next for you. Does anyone care? Or is it just you, like you tend to get more parts? I think. No, I'm just Wait, you, you, <laughs> I, I missed that. You're, you were naked in that film. Kind of. It was more like. I mean, it's more. It's like did, did implied your, did, nudity. Did, did your whistle show or? No, no, no. <laughs> Everything else. I've never heard it to refer to that. That's my grandmother called it. (laughs) Cover up your whistle. That's (laughs) what grandma used. My grandma used to threaten to cut ours off if we kept playing with them. Wow. That's a true story. Grandma Ball. I'll cut it off. Your grandma said a lot of things. Yeah, both of them. Grandma's kind of dirty. I had conservative upstate New York grandmas. And you're from Inland Empire. Yes, Southern California. Yeah. yeah, Is there a lot of acting and arts in the Inland Empire? No. 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 How'd you get involved? Okay, here's how I think I remember wanting to <laughs> is home improvement show was on and we used to, my family used to watch it i liked it and we all watched it and my parents thought it was great and it's funny and jonathan taylor thomas yes jtt you kind of look like him he was the heart throb yeah. one he was the funny sarcastic one uh-huh. he was the middle child uh-huh. and i'm like i'm him in real life and this guy's just playing me yeah. like why is yeah. he on team tiger beat you know what i mean I just, uh-huh. like, why? i'm him like he was on my bedroom wall as a teenager exactly mm-hmm. and i was like i am him in real life i'm the middle child i'm the funny one i'm the good looking one in the family and i have three brothers two brothers three boys and i was like this is why is he getting all these laughs but i was way too shy i could not even do it even if i wanted to and people used to tell my mom, you, sh- you should be in commercials. And then she's like, no, I don't want him to get messed up. Mm-hmm. And then That's how you get really famous, though. You have to yeah. be really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and so for like the longest time, I was just like, no, it was never an idea. And even in my back of my head, if I really wanted it, but I've never even said it out loud. It, I grew up, it's like, you don't know. You don't become an actor. or like yeah. You don't know how to mm-hmm. do it. And just to say, oh, I want to do that. You're crazy. What are you talking about? Yeah. And so then it wasn't until like college, and there's this really good theater teacher I took at this college. And I was like, oh, this is great. What yeah. college? This was just a junior college out in Inland Empire called Chavy College. it changed your life. It yeah, Kelly you Ford. She's a brilliant acting instructor and teacher. Were your mom and dad married while you were growing up, living together? Yeah, they're still married. Are they for really? For better or worse. What, what do they do for a living? <laughs> my mom is now a special ed teacher, but cool. she wasn't most of my life. She was going to college and we all were. And then, cool. Uh, that is really cool. Yeah. Well, they kind of planned it out because my dad was a cop. Really? Like they planned out where he was. So she started becoming a teacher like close to the end of his career as he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. So now they financially like, okay, well, he's going to get his pension and I'll have this and this. Mm-hmm. And well then. thought out. Yeah. 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 Do you carry that same fiscal responsibility <laughs> in your life, John? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> How about law enforcement? Are you, no, uh, are you no. a good citizen? No. No, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny, like, you have a different, once is living in L.A., like, living out there growing up, it's like, oh, these cops, they bother us, which, growing up, like, you would not harass, but, like, okay, you pulled me over, for you have no reason, you just saw as me, and, like, whatever, you saw some bald-headed people in the car, or you just saw some black people in the car, you could totally tell. And then, you come out to L.A., living in Hollywood, you're like, yes, come, cops, we want you here, like, there's yes. so, like, yeah, there was a shooting in the alley, I want the cops around my house, like, yeah, 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 yeah. What's it like having a cop for a dad? Growing up, I used to joke around with people, like, friends would always be like oh i f the police or i don't like cops like dude i have to live with one like you don't Mm -hmm. know how bad like trust me i don't like cops you know what i mean like you you don't even deal with them i have to live with them i don't like cops there must be like a worry though for your mom every night he went out is he gonna come home i mean i guess i don't know i mean the inland empire well he was he was on cop he was cop in southgate which is east la over here oh wow he's lapd no southgate which is a city in like east la i know southgate there's a car club over there hawaiian gardens yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's like like watts and southgate and montebelt like all the area that's no joke no it was yeah especially in like the 80s and 90s Mm-hmm. It's like right next to Compton, pretty much. Yeah. I'm like a nightmare walking, psychopath like talking, king of the jungle, just a gangster, stalking, living life like a butterfly, free as I please. You There's, know what that is? No. You know who Co- it is? Colors. Colors. Uh, Do you know who sings color. it? No. 
He's a, he's a he's a big time actor now. Yeah, I'd television love actor. Uh, Ice, uh, Ice Julius. No, <laughs> no, no. Wahlberg. <laughs> ice cream. He sang, didn't he? Ice he cream. Was a rapper. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ice, tea. ice tea. Ice tea. Yeah. Did you? You said ice cream. I was trying to. <laughs> I, I was trying to make you guys laugh. When I, we got comics in here, I respect stand-up yeah. comics. Amazing Maggie Mayfield. I've seen her act a number of times. She's great. I've been around you guys my whole life, my whole career. I can't do it. You just insulted. No, I, get, I get, I get, I get sort of. You just insulted Ice T by thinking it's Mark Wahlberg, and then you insulted him by calling him Ice Cream. <laughs> well, just Cut it out. Are you Edit so this. angry I'm right just now? Kidding. No, it's fine. <laughs> no. Yeah. I respect Jonathan so much, David, because as I'm looking on his Facebook, we do not have a lot of friends in common. Like you are very conservative on your social media, which I uh-huh. I appreciate a lot. I think a lot of comics have this thing where, oh, I need to know all the other comics, and so we wind up having eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand friends in common, and you're very. It seems like the people on your social media are like probably the people that you know in real life and and have real yeah, connections I, with. Yeah, I I think it's weird to like just ask someone to be a friend if like if you don't know like yeah. it's like oh well because we met once and we're never gonna see each other again because now it's like now it's just cloudy at my friend and eventually I go through like wait who is this and I have to go and look yeah I don't know I just yeah I just feel like it's I weird. feel no really privileged to, to have been part of that's, <laughs> part of the five yeah you friended me last night you know you asked <laughs> yeah I, I I did that's right and now the relevance of that because I didn't really dig but, deep I was trying to find some yeah. connections who we knew we were down with true friendship mm-hmm. sure, yeah. real friendship yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah as much as LA you can have true friends I'm just kidding uh-huh. kind of kind of well one I knew you didn't see you but there is a lot and they're like oh so now you know I met you and we obviously have a conversation versus just like My, oh we did a yeah. show together and like or, right, you, right, right. or even people like we never even met I don't think but we know a lot of comics mutual people in yeah. comedy and then they'll like friend me and I don't met you, you that, or yeah. ask. By virtue of you coming on to Y Tune Shuffle as a guest of mm-hmm. ours, you know, Maggie and mine, why would you not like to not accept a friendship would have it was kinda of, I kind of <laughs> inadvertently put Jonathan in an awkward position. Right. Thank I you. feel really lucky then to have made the friend list. So here's how we met. We wound up doing a show in San Diego. I don't know if you've ever met him before with a uh, producer guy. No, I hadn't. Not until. Yeah, then. I hadn't either. I can't remember his last name now. What, but where, where's the show? It was a battle of this. It was at the Comedy Palace in San Diego. And I had literally just sent him a tape. I was like, hey, if you need females, like I'd be happy to do it. And it was a battle of the sexes. What's funny, though, is in the girl chat, we had two women drop out. They're like, I don't feel comfortable really? with this. Yeah. And so I think the girl that wound up winning that night was just a random late, like, late add-on. And so we go, it's this weird, long, it felt like an apartment in New York, you know, like the really long railroad apart- apartment. Yeah. yeah. And awkwardly dark and he was trying to make this music happen and it like couldn't work and it was really interesting and so it was like female male female male female male and i think you and i were the last two to go up and i hate i hate to be like this person but i was like clearly we're the best like we're gonna win like that's how i was singing in the back and then the that's one- why everyone like i had a friend of mine that lives in san diego and she went and she same thing like yeah we were the best that's what everyone thought yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then like then after uh, they did all the voting, I came in second because the girl that won brought all the people on the show, and I yeah. didn't realize that she was the bringer of the show. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, the whole room knows. Yeah. Like, everyone knows. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I was there, like, the week prior. So, yeah, I was just trying to, like, oh, I want to do some shows in San Diego. I know some yeah. people that have been going down there a lot and doing a lot of shows there at the Comedy Palace and the Madhouse both. And then, so, yeah, I just kind of, like, hit up some of the producers out there. And I did a show at the same place, the same room, like maybe two weeks before. Yeah. And they had it set up differently where the stage is in the middle. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah, it was a lot better. That would have been really than cool. Than at the one end and having it be real long. Were is, you the one that was middle. climbing on chairs? 
Yeah, because they're so far. Because they're yeah, so, far, so away, far away, and there's like two rows of chairs <laughs> with no one in. Like, so I'm like, well, why get rid of these? And like, yeah, yeah. I just had to do something to get the audience. I don't know, an like, elusive front row of a comedy club. Yeah. I'm not sitting there. <laughs> yeah, he'll mess with me. That was so yeah. funny. And Jeez. and also, and from coming from improv, like I have an awareness of the room tone and the energy in the room from improv, really, from mm-hmm. more than anything. And and then I also. Doing improv got me this job where I used to kind of run this murder mystery dinner theater company. Oh, I love so that cool. stuff. Yeah, and so I do those shows too. It's the same thing. It's just like there's just like a feel. There's a flow to the room. There's a, a group mind. There's a flow. There's an energy. You can tell if it's dragging, if it's fast, if it's kind of they're out of control. Like maybe they're getting too wild or whatever. And so just the tone of like, okay, I need to break this wall down, this mm-hmm. barrier down. That's why I did that. And, but it worked. Where was you doing the mystery theater show? Yeah. We were doing all over. It's a company called the Murder Mystery Company, which the I don't know how they are now. When we did it, we had an amazing cast and crew, and like we ran it very well. It started off with it was just like the person that started it, the owner. He did it out of Grand Rapids, and then he had his buddy in Chicago start in Chicago. And then one of the actresses in Chicago referred them. They said we want to expand, and uh, she knew my friend Renee here in LA. So she referred her. Then Renee got me and said, hey, I need help with this. And she knew me from, we met at UCB in classes. And she's like, hey, you want to help me cast this? And maybe, you know, so then we kind of became the directors. And we had shows booked before we had our cast together. And we wow. met we met the owner in wow. Vegas for a show. He gave us a bunch of supplies. Like, all right, well, go at it. And then we ran it for like four years for him. And now before we ended that relationship, they had, remember the last conference call, there was maybe 14 different cities, like New York, Dallas, Tennessee. Were you going to all those cities? No. So we were doing a lot. Like we were Utah and over, Seattle, San Francisco, LA, oh, all around. so cool. Until they started getting their own little branches in all the different cities kind of thing. Wow. Um, but hmm. it was actually really good. We had like, we, all the people on our staff were all improvised in LA and we had like, we were really good, but it's because we're in LA. So we have a lot of talent pool here versus say in Nashville or Local theater can sometimes blow yeah. blow your mind and the yes. young people as well. I mean, I've never been to a dinner theater, crime mm. mystery. It's just one of those many things Same on my here. bucket list. That I, like, I do a Maggie and I play cops in this project that a, one of our friends is putting together. Nice. Yeah, I just- uh, You guys look like cops? Yeah. Oh my God, you got to see. Yeah, my Facebook is a picture of us uh, still from the shoot. But really? Yeah, you guys look like- Maggie's total good. cop now. She's, she's bad cop, I'm good cop. <laughs> That's great. And that's kind of how I got into stand-up, because I missed that feeling of doing those shows. And then Makes sense. And now you're performing all over the place. <laughs> as much as I can, yeah. Yeah, you're up all the time. Yeah, and also, you. just as a side note, he uh, does this really cool thing with his friends. It's like a critique mic, where it's just a really small group of people. You were kind enough to invite me to one of these things, and it was just an intimate group. I think five people were in the room. Yeah, just about five. They all went up know. and did five, ten minutes or whatever, and then they all had their recorders out, and they were like, all right, now tell me tell me more about my set. <laughs> so that's like, great. Yeah, it was really It's cool. the most productive thing I started. I mean, we'd probably do it maybe like a year and a half, two years. And my friend Justin Matson, he started with some people. And then somehow I just got wind of it. And then, or they'll slowly like invite one person here, invite people like, mm-hmm. because we, they used to do it at IO actually in a, in a space. And now they just, we just do it at Justin's apartment most of the time. And so it's just like, it's, you want it to be people who you enjoy their comedy, one, and then people who you even enjoy their time, want them in your apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's very private. I think there's like a Facebook group. There's like maybe 20 of us. And then like he'll just like, hey, who wants a spot tonight? And then like whoever says, yeah, nice. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then yeah. we fill it up. And yeah, so you go up there, you just do like whatever you're working on at the time. And then afterwards, we're like, hey, that was good. Did you ever think maybe trying to do it like this? Or I thought you were doing this. Or you know, like if that. that material gets saved and mm-hmm. sort of logged away somewhere down the road, that's going to be really interesting fodder oh, for yeah. like yeah. you know, oh, it a makes, person's career. Most like, of my jokes are are good because of doing it there. And but do you have the recording of someone saying like? 
Do you record the people Sometimes, critiquing you? I don't all the time, but a lot they usually do. Like we we'll that. Um, I'll just like make notes, but or remember it. I, I just say. liked it because you could tell they all knew each other's jokes and like, oh, that would work really well with the bit that you yeah. do over here, and and if you pieced it like this, priceless. And, yeah, and then like here's a tag, here's a tag, here's a tag, and. And then sometimes, like if we if we do it three, two, three weeks in a row, like and it's like you don't have an, enough new material to keep bringing up there at that time because you know, you, like I don't, I hate repeating material unless I'm really working on something. You're an improver, especially if I go <laughs> yeah. to the same. I mean, I'll repeat material for shows, but say I'm going to the same mic or the same show, I feel like oh, you've heard this stuff. And yeah. so like that's what's also good here. Like you just have ideas that you've jotted down. Like it's just, just a premise. You have never even said it out loud. There's so many times I've gone there and said the joke for the very first time that I've had a premise or idea from, mm-hmm. and then it can metastasize into something greater because there's five other people working on the same joke with you now mm-hmm. and helping you write it. Beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, should we get to the meat and potatoes? And now Jonathan Flanagan is on Y-Tune Shuffle. <laughs> here we go. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I know any of this guy's other songs. I only know this song. And it was recently introduced to me because a friend of mine, we got in a big fight, and (laughs) she sent this to me in a text message, like the link, and because I wasn't like talking her. And then I was like, hey, I actually really really like this song. And if you listen to the words, it's about it's about someone like, oh, you walk out of my life, blah blah kind of thing. So that's you know to use music to communicate a, a personal message. I, I've done it. I, mm. We do it. That's, and this, how did you meet this friend? What happened? What's going on? She's actually the director of the film I'm in that uh, recently shot. So, so you're still tight. So you're this still... is yeah. a new song then to you? Like oh yeah, I heard it for the first time maybe two weeks ago. Oh, wow. wow, that's great. But I liked that. I was like, oh, this is actually a really good song. It's a, obviously this has a connection to this person, this friend of yours, who you met when. We've known each other maybe two or three years. Uh, she's actually, I coached a basketball team. There's like a women's rec league basketball team in really? LA. That's like, it got really popular because Aubrey Plaza would go on like Ellen and like talk about her team because she's on one of the teams mm-hmm. and, um, and they've been like on sports center and stuff like that. And there's like even a documentary on CISO, uh, about the pistol shrimps, which is one of the teams, the one that Aubrey Plaza was on. It's all like comedy people like Heather Ann Campbell's on a team, Mary Holland's on a team, like, um, uh, just people in comedy, improvisers and writers and comedians wow. or whatever. And then the coaches are all male comedians. Like my friend Carl <laughs> Tart coached the team. Like Joe Canale, who's a Chicago improviser and I.O. guy, he coached the team. It's a league with like yeah. real like competition, yeah. championship. So there's like Pistol Shrimps are kind of like a UCB team. There's a couple of those teams. Okay. There's like uh, I coach from the, like a group of girls from I.O. And then there's teams from like all over. Like, and but they're, all, like, they're pretty people. decent? I mean, they're pretty good players? There's different... <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, like three or four different divisions based on like how good, how competitive the teams are. Um, so I met her because she was on one of the teams that, that, or the team I coached, which was the Badunka Dunks was our team. Badunka Dunks? Yeah. All the teams have You're really the head coach? names. I was. Nice. I, I've jumped, we have changed teams now. I did four seasons with them and then now I coach the Princess Layups this oh, season. Oh, nice. All right. If you were mad at your team, like what, what's a drill that you'd make them do? Uh, <laughs> they don't really listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Typical women. <laughs> you guys have to. There's. A, I, I love historical biographies. I'll go to the library and I'll just grab one because I. I don't. Fiction is secondary. I, me too. Okay. I don't. I don't care for. You got to read Dust Bowl Girls. Really? It's about women's semi-pro and collegiate basketball in the 1930s in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. The level of competition and the political ramifications that's going to ruin women's uh, femininity. Really, and it it talks about women's basketball on a level that today the WNBA is is experiencing. It's like who knew how popular? And there's a whole context to like the depression. This is what people could go to and enjoy, and it was hugely competitive. Dust wow, Bowl girls. I'll check yeah. it out for sure. Women's basketball. That's interesting. What I'm do- kind of working on a script with that same friend about a woman. She. So she has this film, and she got got done shooting this past fall, and she's been working post on it this whole winter so far. And then she, but she came up, she's like, "Hey, I need a movie," because she's like, "If this does well, I'm going to have to have my next project. They're going to want, I'm, otherwise, I lose like my finances. I lose it. They're going, hey, what's next? You know?" Mm. And so she's like, "Let's write a girls' basketball movie." And I was like, "Okay, well, what's the? I probably shouldn't be saying too much of this because we haven't like we have yet to like secure if we do say this, say what we want to say, um, or write." And uh, and it's like, okay, well, what's the gimmick? Because, you know, every basketball movie, you think about every movie, it's like, okay, it's this group of people and how they overcome what, you know? Mm-hmm. Bad news broads. Yeah. But it's the, <laughs> it's the ghetto school. <laughs> like bad news bears. I'm quick, aren't I, man? I like, I, my improv brain is cookie. Uh, uh, that actually would probably be more... Marketable? Yeah, than what we were thinking. But Read Dust Bowl Girls. I really I definitely think I will. should. That, no, I definitely will, I for mean, sure. What a, but we have one in mind that piece. we're basing off of a factual, off, off actual real person who's now in the WNBA right now. It's kind of off of a, a certain group, like a minority, that your regular recipe for a movie, a sports overachieving movie is like... This group of people, and they overcome this. Like Kevin Costner did about the one about the runners of the migrant workers in Northern Ca- Central California. You know, you got mm-hmm. the the <laughs> the Coach Carter. You know, the ghetto school with the white teacher. You got this. They all there's. It's the same gimmick, but this one we're writing is about. It's going to be a female lead, and it's about a, a real life WNBA player and kind of her come up and then where she comes from. So, but is it a period awesome. piece? <laughs> Oh my god! All right, so that's all. Oh, I get that. That's- <laughs> Please, cut that out. I was waiting to say that. That's why no. I'm not a stand-up comic. <laughs> I like hate myself for saying that. So the song Ben Harper. The song's called "Walk Away," and Ben it Harper. That's you what that of was. Your friend. We got in a fight, and uh, she's very sensitive, and she's she's one of these millennials that like you know want to keep in their own bubble, and they don't they get offended by everything kind of thing. So what did you say that offended her? I told her she's indecisive, and so she made she became that she, was it. She made a decisive she uh, was decisive and them. left me at a restaurant like Joe. <laughs> wow. And what, I Ubered what? her house, got my car, and left. I'm Which like, restaurant was the restaurant? Uh, the Corner Bakery, <laughs> the Corner something that's on, up here in downtown Burbank. Were you like mid meal? I mean, she wasn't eating. I was, and so, she, but we were gonna go like on a hike afterwards. It's like, let me get some food, and then she like, she left. She drove, so like, bang. Uh, Darn. so I finished my food and I Ubered her house. So then got you my heard car. the song, and you're like, all is forgiven. Uh, I mean, I always forgive her, but she always forgives me too. I guess. God love you. It's never anything too bad, like you know. Mm-hmm. When somebody sends a song, that's deep, man. I mean, we were had we had a guest on a couple weeks ago. It's like. You know, a woman that was in, huge in his life brought, bought him an album, you know? It's like, that's mm. a huge gift. You know, listen to this song, you know, this and says it. Kids don't make mixtapes anymore, man. Hell I don't not. know how babies are going to be made. <laughs> <laughs> How's the next there generation There was a story that populate? came out not too long ago about a teenager that wanted to break up with this guy, so she made him a Spotify playlist, and all of the titles <laughs> said, I do still want to be your friend, but oh, wow. I'm kind of digging 
someone else. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was really clever. And then they're still friends, but his return playlist was STFU. What's that? (laughs) Shut Shut the the F F up. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the... (laughs) So that's how babies are made now. Yeah, Spotify. (laughs) Mixtapes will live in just a different genre. In a different genre. Yeah, here too. Wow. Number one. Song number two? We were just talking about this song. Gyrating. I can sing that every week. Alright, stop what, what you're doing, doing cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town. I'm here. My sound's laid down by the underground. I'm drinking all the Hennessy you got in your shelf. Uh, so just let me introduce myself. My whole name chapter of my life is coming into my brain right now. If you watch the video, one of the background singers on stage is Tupac. No. Yeah, watch. You'll see him. Dan- you'll see him doing like the dance in the background. He's just like a background singer. What a cool little pop-up video note. Yeah. He kind of got. Start I didn't with know that. this song until I was in a karaoke bar and I heard someone do it. Really? It is <laughs> timeless. It's timeless. It's like 90, 1990, and 88. Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 I want to hear the chorus. Yeah, yeah, I'm skinny, but nothing stops me from getting busy. Mm-hmm. Here comes the chorus coming up, I think. Here's the chorus. Here's the Tupac on one of those microphones. Right there. That is so cool. Do the Humpty Hump. Check me out, I wish child therapy. Okay, two bucks on the left doing the dance with the hat on backwards. <laughs> Great trivia. Uh, so why? What? What the is the reason this song? I give this song is because this was the first CD I purchased. <gasps> oh wow, oh, that's with, cool. With uh, I was probably in third grade. I want to call it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <laughs> How'd you pay for it? Wouldn't want it cash. <laughs> like allowance money or did you work? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. no, in third grade, I didn't have a job. I was in between jobs there. No, you could have been like raking leaves or like <laughs> yeah. I was in between jobs. <laughs> uh, third grade. Um, yeah, like allowance. I mean, we had, I actually just posted like some meme about, as a dumb joke about how growing up I had to work in the yard alongside day laborers because my parents didn't have enough kids. Like we, oh, yeah. I'm done. we're all boys. I have three, three kids. They're all boys. And so we were always just like. I always uh-huh. joke around like some sons are good for bragging about others. Are, I was good for doing the lawn. And you're the middle. Yeah. Oldest is named <clears throat> Jason. Jason, Jonathan, he's in and finance. Jake. And then my younger brother is Andrew, and he is uh, he has a master's degree in like video <laughs> game design. And then I'm doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be the glue, man. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep motivated. <laughs> but I remember going to the store. I remember this. I was in like maybe fourth grade, third or fourth grade. But I remember going to a store with my mom. And then I go and buy the CD. And this is when they came in long cardboard boxes, if you remember that at all. Vaguely, but yeah, and yeah. And it was before they had the stamp, the sticker of parental advisory. Yeah. yeah. But it did sp- type it out. It was spelt out. It just wasn't that like stamp that, I don't know, Tipper Gore might have, I don't know who, I think who you're established right. yeah. that. And it just, and the album of this album is called Sex Packets. <laughs> and so I'm buying it. And my mom's like, well, she's like, what is this you're buying? And I'm like, you know, it's that Humpty song. I'm like, all right. <laughs> And purchased it. That's so great. And I, once again, I knew every word of the song in whatever third or fourth grade that I was in. 
And if you listen to the words, it's not something. And I'm singing it in the car, not knowing what I'm saying. I once got busy in the Burger King bath, and in 69, my humpty nose will tickle your rear. That's the lyrics. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like singing it, not knowing what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. In the car with my mom. In the station wagon. Was it coming on the radio time and time oh, again? Oh, yeah. It was that's all over was. the radio. Yeah, it was it's just you were getting it up every place. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first CD. I bought. Was this an album that you and your brothers could listen to together? Like, did everyone enjoy it in the house? Me and my older brother were close in age, and we're like, yeah, all the CDs, like we had all of our the CDs were all both of ours kind of thing and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, matter of fact, we used to when that they did have the print advisor sticker, we used to take the CD cover and fold it inward and have and put it back in, so our parents didn't see. Uh huh. Because we, you know, we'd get them on our own. Like, that'd be shady. Yeah, we'd give them you know ten CDs for a penny if you buy three, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. My sister and I were very different in music. She was very goth. Corn was her jam. I did do corn yeah. when they got bigger. Yeah. And then I was very into the musicals. Like Rent was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we were very opposite. We did not agree. The only thing we could agree on was Eminem. That was it. I bought, I remember going and buying that CD too. Mm-hmm. That Eminem. Uh, there's a show, it used to be a show out here in LA at ninety two point three the beat that it's called it was called the wake up show. It was Sway and t- it was Sway, mm-hmm. which you know Sway from he's gone on. And I then it's all like underground hip hop music and stuff and they'd break people sometimes. We would record it on cassette it was on at late, like at one AM. And so you just record your cassette tape and fall asleep and you record the show. Yes. And people would pass them around. And so I remember my friend one day at school the next day he's like, Did you hear the wake up show last night? I was like, No. Dude, you gotta check it out. It's like this guy's the best rapper ever and he's white. Like, can you believe, I didn't even know he was white. Can you and then, sure enough, it was, and then we listened to it, like, dude, this guy's amazing. You find out who it is. Found out he had a CD. We went and he had, like, a single CD. He didn't have an album out. And we got that. And then we're telling everybody, this guy's going to be the best rapper ever. It's insane. And then he kind of came out with an album. And it was, like, maybe six months later, which was uh, the first album he did. And it was like, that, hi, my name is. And we're telling people, like, that, hi, that, that song's lame. Like, dude, this guy's the best rapper yeah. ever. Trust uh, me. And it was Eminem. The whole, yeah. yeah. Who was your music buddy in, in elementary school and middle school? Did you have a partner that was like, or who'd you hang out with? In high school, it was everyone on the basketball team, really. But my friend okay. Myron, he was the one who had the Wake Up Show tape that we'd definitely listen to. What was his name? Myron. Myron. Yeah. And you guys still friends today? I'm No, I'm not friends with him. I'm not in touch with him. I did see a friend of ours, also from high school basketball, who he now coaches at San Marcos College. And I went to a game of theirs, and he said that he heard that Myron's in jail in, oh, okay. in Florida, in a different state. I don't know. I'm sorry I brought that up. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't talked to him for a while. Send him a song. Yeah, <laughs> send him a mixtape. Yeah. An EP3 or MP3. Uh, or yeah, a Spotify playlist every long song will be, I hope you get out yeah. of jail soon. <laughs> I put a file in the cake. <laughs> and he thinks, good, I'm going to get out of here. No, no, it's an MP3 file. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious, David. Did you and your sister, is it just you and your sister? Me growing up? Uh-huh. Uh, Danny, my older brother, were Irish twins. Uh-huh. My sister, Missy. And <laughs> well, then, you, there was like, a, there were six of you in the house. Well, yeah, then my stepbrothers and sister, right, right. all the same age, two boys and a girl. Right. But my mom remarried, so six of them, but then they had one plus one. Did everyone agree musically in your house? Yeah, my stepfather, Big Billy Herndon, was an R&B singer with the Bernie Milton Band. They used to tour, and he wrote some songs. Oh, um, awesome. I mean, my at his funeral, my mother played, you know, his hit was... Uh, I thank the Lord I found you. He's African American guy, so he's like soul to the bone. So we, yeah, we we did nice. coasters. We did a lot of oldies. As a, we were like we wanted to be Partridge Family, so we Aww. got along pretty well with that. Nice, yeah. Did heavy you metal. Sing in, I was gonna say, did you sing? In Me the and car? Tony were the lead singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're both Everyone else guys. had to do the ooh up. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, do the dancing, yeah. the, do, you come back yeah, to the mic. Do, I forgot who does yeah. that bit. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> the the one that Tony and I came. We did this dance. My my middle brother, real quick. Uh, 
it's a pity in the city if you don't like the bitty because the only other choice that you got left is to take it from the east and you give it to the west. That was not really politically <laughs> correct. Uh, we, were gonna, we were Beastie Boys. We were really, nice. <clears throat> you know, run DMC. Your name was Mike D. Mm. All right. Who's also dead. Because this song, I don't really, it's just the the weekend boy, or verse that I like. And it's really dirty. Like, really dirty. You're about to just bleep the whole thing. Give me brain or this verse. Do you like the way I flick my tongue or no? Really dirty. Oh. Can you lick the tip then throw the dick or no? Can you do it, Can you let me stretch that pussy out or no? Wow. I'm not the type to call you back tomorrow. You like the weekend? But the way you wrap around me is a problem. Ain't nobody trying to save you. Baby, get that paper. Probably got a lot of other bitches. Oh, you famous. You pussy so good. Had to see. Save it for later. You gotta save it for later sometimes. Put in Tupperware, keep it fresh, save it for later. Wow. Um, So this is Ty Dolla Sign or Nah. Or Nah. The name of the song is Or Nah. So they basically say these things. You down with this or Nah? Or Nah. That's straight up. Oh my God. I mean, I've never thought about that. I always ask it, reject it, and leave it alone. I could have saved a lot of time. Or Nah. Or Nah. And I'm still here. Well, it's a ridiculous song. Where'd you hear this for the first so, time? Where were you? So I think in my car. So <laughs> I. Uh, this is not a radio-friendly song. No, let me just say. no. And Can it, you tell us a story or not? Or <laughs> <laughs> not. So during this movie, I'm doing these scenes, and like some of them, supposed to be really passionate. I'm in love with you know lead character, and so I'm like I was trying to find some songs that to get you know. So I'm on set like listening in the headphones and. This is one of them where he's really passionate, like sexy, like, you know, song. Well, the mattress squeaking underneath the <laughs> soundtrack <laughs> totally helps. And so this was that, that verse is one that I was like, really like, and I'm just like, and I'm sitting there, it's like, it was the headphones, like, because guys don't take a long get, you know, ready makeup. And then I'm not even a huge part of the yeah. of the movie, but there's, I'm like on set and I'm just like sitting there, just listening to it. It's like staring at her as the lead actress. She's going to makeup done. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, or not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, but I got you into it. Yeah. And you're gonna have you're gonna have like best supporting actor. No, I'm not even supporting. I'm really small. I'm just wait, rephrase that sentence. I'm <laughs> well, I'm, it's double meaning. I'm, very, <laughs> I'm really small. There's no such thing as small actors. <laughs> small parts, I don't know. Yeah. No small parts. So small someone actors. just put this on for you and you're like, Okay, this is this is uh... I think it came I was like on YouTube listening to a weekend songs. I don't have any of his songs like on my phone or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's on YouTube and then I think it came up like as like a next song mm-hmm. and then I just happened to stumble upon mm-hmm. it. And I just thought it was a hilarious song. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> Did it pump you up for the scene? It did I liked it, yeah. This one and uh the John Legend song. The ones that my head's underwater. Uh-huh. That one too, but that was more for like okay, just like soft love because there's both. There's like one where it had to be like aggressive, aggressive yeah. sex, and then one that's like no soft loving kind of thing. That was uh-huh. the other song I listened to a lot. All right. During that time. Next song. Yes, I want to see if you guys have heard this song before. This is John Lennon. Yes, right. Yeah, I've never heard this song in my life. This is such a sad song. Talk about evoking emotion. So you know, he his mom died when he was young, and his dad left when he was young. 
So his dad left when he was young. His mom died when he was 12, I think. And if you listen, the song's called Mother. If you listen to the words, it's just him saying, you had me, I never had you. Dad, you loved me, I never loved you. Stuff like that. And it's crazy. That's a good reason. Saying goodbye to us. Oh, my God. Great. Yeah, his aunt and uncle raised him. Yeah. It's one, interesting that this resonates with you because your parents are still together. Yes. But well, mean, how, how are you introduced to the song and why why does how it stick did I so know close? This song? Yeah. I, I mean it's a plastic ono band CD, but I forget who gave it to me, who told me about this CD. Which it was in my as an adult. Was, I was already living in LA and a friend of mine I think showed me he's like, Oh, I love this album. Is is the plastic ono band is the name of the album. It's his first solo project when he left the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And this whole album is very, you can tell it's crazy how like there's songs and things he's saying. This is an album where he says, you can tell it's just him like in a studio. I'm just getting back in the studio and just going to have all your emotions out here. It's really good. Like you can just feel it all. And then one of the songs is just saying everything he doesn't believe in. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in Superman. I don't believe in Elvis. I don't believe. And the very end is, I just believe in me, doom, oh. doom, Yoko and me. And I'm just like, that's such a great message like that's what you should i mean obviously you can believe in jesus and believe in other things that help you but i'm still gonna thrive without the beatles without my best friends without i mean this, he's lost his best friends his mates mm-hmm. that he made the beatles with and he's like i'm gonna do this anyways and i have yoko i guess does it make you think of you coming to la i'm not sure how long you've been in la mm-hmm. but there is kind of this sense this crazy path that we're on choosing yeah. comedy or entertainment and you really don't have anyone else to advocate for you and so you do yeah. have to believe in you yeah that's true yeah exactly i've yeah definitely where you just like just i don't believe in all these things i just believe in myself so that's all you need keep on trucking yeah <laughs> and, and this song in particular on this particular album hits you this one's just so sad because it's like it's just literally him saying goodbye to his mom and dad that he never even had anyways kind of thing so you you have an easy time tapping into your emotions you're not afraid <laughs> to i'm you know not ashamed to cry I mean, I don't, you'll never see me cry, Cause I can, but, but yeah. But you're an actor, cry on cue. I can't. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. know if I can. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe in a social environment, I can yeah. get that where I don't want everybody to see me bog. Yeah, I left yeah. Goodwill Hunting. I was with some friends and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't want that to be seen, yeah. you know, but I don't mind it. I never have. No, I think a good it. cry is good every now yeah, and then. Man. It makes you feel good. And sometimes yeah. it helps you sleep. Right. <laughs> Shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I start crying and I just start laughing at myself. Like, why am I freaking crying on well, whatever Oprah? Which I used to make me cry all the time. I'm grateful I can ball. I'm I've been balling my whole life. I'm a cry baby. For me, it was always queer eye for the straight guy for whatever reason. That show always did it. That tie is perfect. I know all these dudes loving on another dude that needs more help. It's so stupid. I like that song. It's good. John Listen to the whole album. Mother. The whole album's good. Are you really close with your mom? Yeah. I mean, close. Here's the thing. I'm not, I mean, I don't know if this is a middle child thing, a comedian thing, or both. Uh-huh. Or a Gemini thing. Yeah. <laughs> Gemini also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Gemini middle child. Uh-huh. And a comedian. Um, so I'm very close with all my family. Like, I see them regularly. I love spending time with them. Like, whenever, like, the whole family's getting together. Extended family as well is what I mean. But but I don't like they don't know my life like I don't talk to them about my personal life like my mom knows I have a girlfriend it went oh this is the same girl that was here last time oh I guess they're his girlfriend uh-huh. and then they don't know if I break up with the girl because that girl hasn't been around in a while has uh-huh. she? like and they know not to even ask me because I won't tell I was like mind your business like what's they just know that you're happy and you're doing your thing I guess it's I don't a fl- know Flanagan's an Irish name right yeah my dad's Irish my mom's Hispanic Mexican oh is that right yeah oh, okay how did they meet high school 
here in SoCal? In Santa Fe Springs, Santa Fe High School. I was part of a biracial family mm-hmm. by a marriage, so I got to kind of see black culture in America yeah, yeah. from like age four and up. And so you you see both sets of grandparents a lot? Is the, there... the white grandparents had passed on. Did you know them at all? Yeah, yeah. I okay. knew them a little bit. And then my we've just always been close to my, my mom's side of the family. What was her maiden name? Reason. Moriera. Moriera. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, oh, and then my dad's dad was adopted also. So it's not like it went too deep. Even though I have like met, I remember we took a vacation once and I met his adopted family. Like they're considered my dad's aunts and whatever, you know, mm. grandparents, whatever. But, That's awesome. But they're, cool. he's adopted from like Buffalo. So it's not like that deep family roots versus like my mom's family who's been in California for six, seven, eight generations mm-hmm. kind of thing. It just, older. I get the sense you're very emotionally mature. Uh, like you probably like like I have a sense that just, alcohol so and drugs would, would not I disagree with you. Really? <laughs> well, no, I am. I like to say now I'm like no, I'm just in the moment. But it's just that I'm like all over the place. I change like if I'm meeting a girl, I'm dating a girl, she's gonna probably feel like I so in love with her, which I will be. But that <laughs> I will be. But that will quickly fade probably as well. Like it's just like in the moment. Yes, I know. I do. Lo- I love you in this moment. I want to be. Yes. But it's like you know what. I'm over it soon too, or like I'm in a different moment now, uh-huh. kind of thing. Depends where it goes. I don't know. Do you think that's because we're over sensationalized? Like everything that's in our phone, you can swipe and quick and go into the next thing. And there, I think gone are the days of really sticking it out somewhere, yeah. like even with a job or a relationship. I think since fifty nine sixty, those days have been. <laughs> I mean, that's like we've had a couple of guests whose parents have stuck together and. I'm fascinated by it. Both of my parents who divorced each other. I mean, mm-hmm. my grand, I got one grandma left, but it's like same house they grew up in is still standing. They yeah. go back to their actual bedroom when they were 13. Yeah. I lived in like six houses. And my Irish connection, my family has an Irish mm-hmm. you know, lineage, but we're like mixed up all over the place. But you've got like a is it's it's a Spanish Mexican, Irish. Yeah. it's Mexican. Uh, Mexican. Do you do you, like the Irish people I know? Is like John F. Kennedy. Yeah, no. number one. Like what, it's what, not East Coast Irish for sure. You don't like assimilate that. to either culture, or how? If so, how? I think more Mexican than anything. Like we really? we make tamales at Christmas time. Like we oh. you know, do you identify like with Mexican culture. Yeah. Oh, cool. But then growing up, that's what I'm saying. Like my, I'm just been a contra- my whole life. I'm just like a contradiction of myself. Growing up, like my Mexican friends think I'm call me white, and white friends call me Mexican. You don't think I'm Mexican, like stuff Wait like up. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine, <laughs> that same friend, who <laughs> got mad at me after she got to know me. She's like, "No, I never understood how you can be." And what she say? How you can be addicted to intimacy but afraid of commitment. Right. <laughs> which is exactly what I am. That's wow. a real thing, I think. <laughs> I'm afraid of commitment, but I'm addicted to intimacy as well. That's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly contradicting myself. But you live in that truth, and we're going to go on to song number five. <laughs> that's it? That's it? Five now? I love this song! I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs. Listen to the words, though. I'm big in the lyrics. It's a long intro. This is a DJ's dream. For all granted, I laughed at all his words. I thought he was a bitter man who spoke of women's ways. The trap you Stuart version of this song. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't hear that. 
That'd probably be good. You'll recognize it. I wish that I knew what I know now. Now, when yeah. I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was younger, the Kankans was a pretty show. This, Where I'm, were you when the first time you heard this? Uh, it's I saw it in a snowboarding video, and oh, I was like, nice. "That's a great oh, that's song." Cool. And I went and found it a long time ago. I used to be a big snowboarder. Like I taught snowboarding and skiing for like ten years locally at Mountain High and Mammoth and stuff like that. And uh-huh. then and I would compete, not professionally, but like amateurly, but compete and stuff yeah. like that. You seem so young to have done all that stuff. Um, I'm older than I look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> third, third grade for Humpty, so that yeah. puts you about thirty something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, and so yeah, we're like wa- I would like fall asleep with snowboarding videos. I like put them on and watch them and like, fall asleep watching oh. it. Uh, in VHS, some of them most. Of them. <laughs> this one I think was on a DVD. Mm-hmm. And this and they, a lot of them have great silence, great songs. Cause a lot of them back then was just like snowboarding with music going. And this is one of the songs, and I loved it. And now as you older, like if you listen to the words, it's so good. He said, poor old granddad, I used to think he was a bitter man. He'd talk on women's ways. They'd use you and abuse you and blah, 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 blah. And then he says, I wish I knew what I know now, blah, blah, blah. Because like he know, now he's saying like, I realize my dad, my granddad wasn't bitter. Is that these women yeah. like killed him. They, heart, yeah. they broke his heart yeah. kind of thing. That's what you gotta say to young people, patience. Yeah. You'll get it, it'll, you'll, it'll come to you. I Dang. think this song was also in the movie Without a Paddle with Seth it Green. Is, yeah. Yes. Have you ever seen that one? No. Basically, these four dudes come back together. Like they had this magical oh, yeah. trip when they were younger, summer camp trip or whatever. And so when they're older, they were like, let's try and relive that. And there's a bear. And my favorite line in the whole movie, they're like, why are you taking off your shoes? You can't outrun a bear. He's like, I don't have to outrun a bear. I, outrun I just you. have to outrun you. <laughs> That's like such a dumb dad it. joke. My dad has said that our whole lives. <laughs> our whole lives, my dad said that. Anytime we camped, he'd always make that joke. Uh-huh. And then, uh, <laughs> and he actually has a story about his dad when he, when they were, I think I want to say Yellowstone, when he was a kid, they're all, there's like cars pulled over inside, there's like a bear up there, and everyone's like pulling over and looking at the bear. So his dad pulls over, same thing. They start like, oh, go out and look at the bear. So now there's all these people like out on the street, like oh looking at the bear, stupid. and then they start like, and his dad started like, getting, walking up, and people start following him. They start getting closer and closer, walking up this hill towards this bear. And the bear turns and stands up. And everyone turns and starts running. And he said his dad pushed kids out of the way and took off running <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> and pushed people out of the way. Just so ran. Everyone just ran for themselves. His dad, which is my grandpa, he was like, uh, he's the kind of guy, he was in the Navy and didn't know how to swim. So is that kind of my person. I don't World know. War Two. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. I think my the da- the famous dad joke in my house was well that's about as useful as a screen door in a submarine. <laughs> hey, it works. Keeps the fish out. <laughs> that was what my dad would always say. Hey, it works. Keeps the fish out. Screen yeah, door in a submarine. That's silver lining. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> did you have a dad joke in your house? Uh, I did a whole. I, when I was trying to stand up, I used to be. My dad would just. Uh, maybe you are the dad joke. Like I don't maybe know. you tell the dad joke. My my family. dad is a corny joke, <laughs> corny, 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 corny joke. Like and when I started getting paid to be like a, a comedic actor and showbiz, my dad is an amateur magician. I now I guess thinking about my dad, I watch Johnny Carson reruns. My dad is exactly as funny as Johnny Carson. Same tone, same patter, same beat. You know, just different generation. We were watching. I mean, that's. That's what they say every comedian when they start off. They're just doing an impression of 
their comedian, their favorite comedian, or the person that influenced them kind of thing. Well, my dad is like, he draws attention to himself unwittingly. Mm-hmm. Like, we from upstate New York, he'd take us down to cities, he plays and stuff like that. And he'd say, no, listen, don't stare up at the skyscrapers. People are going to know who you are. Keep your wallet in your front pocket. You know, and just don't act like you're a tourist. I don't want you dressing around. Sense. I want you looking at people. Then we get on the subway and it lurches and he goes ass over tea kettle down <laughs> and, and he stands like, don't mind us, folks. We're, we're country folks. You know, he announces everybody on the, on the A train. Oh, you know, Dad, you're a. God you're embarrassing him. Yeah, yeah. Aww. He's still kicking. He's an athlete, you know. Nice. Never smoked or drank in his life. How old is he? He's uh he's 103. No. No. He's uh he's in his late 70s, but he's like I talk on the phone, I don't see him FaceTime. He sounds like dad did when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, good clean good. living. My dad, he's not funny, but there's one joke he, I've heard him say kind of recently that I'm like that's funny. And I've actually mm-hmm. used it. And I'm pretty sure I know he didn't make it up. He probably heard it somewhere. I just don't know where he heard it from. Yeah. And it's so not appropriate, but it's really good. It's smart. All right, enough with the disclaimer. As, what uh, is it? He said something about, uh, oh, my, my grandfather died at, at Auschwitz. He fell off a guard tower. Oh, ho, 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 ho. that's great. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> joke. Like, that's like Chuck Sklar. Yeah. He goes, he said something, uh, anti-Semitic joke, and he goes, I can say that because I'm a racist. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But that's funny. Oh, wow. my god. Yeah, simple misdirection. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, just like magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Jonathan Pennington, into set 2017, what is your guilty pleasure? What's your guilty pleasure artist or music? Mm, guilty pleasure? Uh, You're a closet Adele fan. I've no, I do love Adele. I think she's great. I mean, but I don't like. I said I don't go and buy music. I don't know how to even buy it like digitally. Like I just feel like, what am I buying? I'm not getting anything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And funny, then what right? if I change computer to the phone? Do I lose it? Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just very old. <laughs> I'm the last generation that didn't have computers their whole life. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. When, when I bought the CD, like my brother was the first had the first CD player, which was like a boombox CD cassette tape. Like we in the house, there was no CD player in the house until he got that for Christmas one year, mm-hmm. along with Spellbound Paul Abdul CD. Oh, nice! <laughs> wow. <laughs> And Velvet the Bow. I think those are the two CDs he got with it. Uh, straight up. And then I now straight tell me. <laughs> I think, you know what I'm kind of guilty pleasure? I am obsessed with the soap opera called MSNBC. Like watching the news. I watch like the news every day, at least a little bit. Like All I'll right. come home and just throw it on real quick. I re- and just see like what happened now. Uh-huh. I'm very obsessed with That's like the political news right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's almost like I I want something bad. Like not I want something bad. I'm like it's gets when I let Let's myself get it over with. <laughs> it's gonna freaking happen. Let's get it over but with. When I let myself think about like this could literally be World War Three. This is terrible. But uh-huh. I am also like Okay, he's gonna get impeached. What's he gonna? What's coming out? What's what's happening with the rush? Like, I really want. And it's a soap. It really is a soap opera. Like I'm just waiting every day. What's gonna come out next? What's coming? I relate, next? man. I relate to that guilty pleasure. That's definitely a guilty pleasure of mine. All right. I, I like oh. game show themes. Mm. Yeah, you know, game shows are good. Yeah. And speaking of game shows, we have a game show now. Let's do on it on our iTunes Shuffle, Megan. This is called Band Name or Bar Name. And uh, we choose a city. I chose the first one. It was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then at the end of the show today, you'll get to choose the this, this city for next week. Our guests last week chose Costa Mesa, California. I know, where, I know that city. Okay, so you may, you may make yeah. sure you'll be playing with, with I don't Maggie. know local bands, but I, well, I might you, know some of the bars. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll start start with you, Jonathan Flanagan. I'm going to I'm gonna say the name and you're going to have to tell me, is that a band name or is that the name of a bar? Okay. okay. So the first one is... JX3. Is that a band or a bar? That has to be a band. 
I mean, no effects. That's There's one point for you. JX3 is okay. a band. These guys are you. No know, effects. I'm so impressed you know them. Yeah. Of course. Oh, you know JX3? No, no, no effects. Okay. No uh, so this one's for Maggie. Uh huh. Is this a band name or a club name, Maggie Mayfield? The Triangle. That's a, cl- <laughs> that's a bar. That's a ba- That's a club. That's right. It's one, not a club. It's well, maybe it's uh, the Triangle Square is where there's like a lot of bars at. If that's oh, what they're yeah, talking yeah, about. In Costa Mesa? Yes. Well, this is the triangle. Okay, and yeah. You guys are one for one. It's going really good. Is this a club or is this a band? Jonathan Flanagan. Beach ball. <laughs> Beach ball. Oh, that sounds like a bar, but it's not. I don't know that bar. I think I would know it's a stupid name for a bar. So I think it would be one that you would remember. It's a no. stupid name for a bar. But it's not much better name I bet for you a it band. Is a bar. I think it's a band. You think Beach Ball is a band? Yeah, yeah. I I it's a bar. It's... Uh, beach yeah. Ball. Yeah, yeah, Beach Ball. Okay. Maggie Mayfield, The Copper Door. Oh, that's a bar. Correct. You've been there? I don't know. No. I don't know. Oh, you said it like you've been there. But I, I run a show at a bar called The Copper Still. Yeah, so it true. has to right, be. Right, The Copper Door. I should have put that together. <laughs> so Maggie, two. Jonathan Flanagan, one. Jonathan Flanagan, Pump Five. Bar Band. Pump Five. These are hard. Costa Mesa. Like a gym, like a bad gym, like a bad. Or a bad porno. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, pump five is how, never mind. The bar or a that, band? It's probably a band because there's five guys in it and they all pump up, right? Pump five is a long session of lovemaking for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> two, three, uh, four. It's a uh, band. It is a band. It yeah. is. It is. So uh, two to three. Maggie Mayfield, uh-huh. Phantom Ales. <laughs> Phantom Ales. Could be a is that a band or is that a club? Could be a curveball. Costa Mesa, California. Ale's beer. Ale is beer. Phantom. Or the name of a guy, Phantom Ale. Where's Ale at? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we love go Phantom Ales. You're going to go bar? You're absolutely right. Phantom Ales, A-L-E-S. Phantom Ales. Like we used to have Ale, but now we don't. Jonathan Flanagan <laughs> in Costa Mesa, California is Slingshot, the name of a club or the name of a band? Sounds like a strip joint to me. I'm going to go. Oh, shot. They're slinging the shots. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'll go bar. You're going to go bar? That's yeah. what I would have thought. Slingshot's the name the of a band. band. I'm oh, close to Macy Day on purpose. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you can have my points. No, yeah. It's all fun and games. We're, everybody gets a trophy. You know, it's weird not about that winter stuff. No, because then that then if you do that to everybody, then they're gonna get offended if you call them indecisive because well, the, they're the so secret used to, to this. But at least you get to learn new music that participation way. Participation points. Well, when this catches on, these will be our sponsors. Uh, Maggie Mayfield, the Lemon Drop Club. Really? Really? I'm going to go with band. It's a bar. Oh. Yeah, the well, Lemon Drop Club. Fine. John Flanagan, <laughs> Jonathan Flanagan, the class. Uh, that's yeah, that sounds like it would be a decent bar. Like yeah. I just I can see the sign, but I'm going to say band. No, it's a, it's a it's oh. a it's a band. You're right. Okay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. The bands in Costa Mesa that we identified during the day show were which uh, Maggie won, but we're not really going to take the score. JX3, Electric Folklore, Pump 5, Slingshot, and The Class out of Costa Mesa, I want to hear Pump 5. And the clubs were The Triangle, Beach Ball, The Copper Door, Phantom Ales, and Lemon Drop Club. So if you're in Costa Mesa, don't California, know. don't get them confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless maybe they'll perform Bar at band. one of those bars. I yeah. pick a city for next week. Yeah, what's your city? Oh, man. Anywhere uh, in the world. How about Las Vegas? Nevada. Las Vegas. There Las go. Vegas. There, there you options. go. We got a lot of options. Yeah, Las Vegas. In fact, that might be the show. Las, we could go, they probably got an infinite oh. number of clubs and bands. I know. Yeah. Blue Man Group. Is that a band or a bar? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that was a fun. Work game. in progress. Okay. I like game Thanks show. for playing. I like, definitely like game shows. Thanks. Hey, so this is your favorite part. If Jonathan you... Flanagan, thinking 
your own specific definition to the answer to this question. What was your very first concert ever and the story behind it? Very first concert ever was uh, New Edition. New Edition. <laughs> headlining. <laughs> headlining is when they did their comeback and of course failed like miserably like because I only Vi Brown even showed up to that concert. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you didn't. It was New Edition headline. I think Keith Sweat opening. Oh. It was just, you walked in that arena and it was like moist, like a cloud. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. How old were you? Uh, I was in high school, I believe. Yeah. And I, I don't know if my girlfriend was me, but I know it was my brother. My brother goes to a lot of concerts. I'm not in the concerts. I'm like, eh. But that was the first one. You remember for the sure. location? Uh, I do might have been Universal Amphitheater. There was used to be a lot of concerts. I have been there for a concert. The best one, or best, not best one, but my brother, he tends to call in and win tickets and stuff. Like, call, does stuff. Wow. He's on the we radio. Call those, we guys. call them a prize pig. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and so he won tickets to Universal Amphitheater, and they had, it was, who was headlining? It was a great lineup, and we were literally sitting front row. Like, our feet were on low, the banister blocking the stage from the walkway kind of thing. And it was CeeLo, Jurassic 5. It was the best show I've ever seen. It was the Jurassic 5 show. It was mm. unbelievable. This is back when they still had the two DJs. It was DJ Newmark and Cut Chemist, which they sensed the part of ways. But, and they did their own little set. It was amazing. And I was sitting in front of them. I'm literally like, I yelled like, quality control. And then to Charlie Tuna, who's one of the singers in Jurassic mm-hmm. 5, that's one of their songs. He's like, I got you coming next. Like, yeah. he's pointing me. At, okay. And then the ah, show up next nice. like, is he's like, it's all right, it's coming. And then like next, like we were able to talk to him. Like, that's how close <sighs> we were. That's great. It was so much fun. And then, uh, yeah, that was the best show. And then he won another time. There's this outcast thing is when Stankonia album came out. And, uh, which a lot of people think Stankonia is an outcast for album. No, they had like three previous albums. I have their first album, which I got from the BMG Music Company thing, mm-hmm. which is called Southern Playlist of Cadillac Funky Music. That's the first album. It's great. And he won tickets from, I don't know what radio station, to see them at the House of Blues. I went with him that. That was awesome because I like those venues. They're so small. It's just general right. mission. You're standing there. It's like you're at a bar. That was cool. We saw them. They were awesome. And then he was entered to win the grand prize from winning that. And he won that, which is to go see him on the Chris Rock Show in New York. Wow. Him and my cousin went there and saw him on the Chris Rock Show in New York. But Jurassic Five, when they are back then, I mean, I'm sure they still put on a good show, but if you can, if you could have caught them back then, they were amazing. I bet So good. Jonathan Fennigan, this has been a great show. Thank you. This has been an awesome episode. What's your corner of the internet? I know you're not a big Facebook guy, but that's okay. Is there a place where people can come find you to find shows? I post most stuff. I think Instagram is where I put the most post most are you kind on on instagram like do you accept well yeah like it's not, I, private. it's not private either okay. yeah yeah like instagram is more like those like republic forms thing. and i'll post like jokes and clips and stuff like nice. that not too much like memes what's your handle it's at john flanny j-o-n-f-l-a-n-n-y all my it's all consolidated all my social media is john at john flanny at john flanny yeah do you have a website or do you post all your shows on Instagram? My website will have all those shows, which is jonathanflanagan.com. I should post, but sometimes sometimes it's like the flyer. I'm like, yeah, I'm not posting that flyer. It's not very good. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll make, make my, my own, own flyer. <laughs> yeah, something like my own, but if, I won't post it for just one show. I'll try to like, put, okay, here, here's yeah, a week. Here's, here's a week of shows. So here's, you know, next two weeks. There's like four, mm-hmm. three or four shows and then I'll post like some on Instagram. But I don't know. I just feel like no one cares. <laughs> I post no, they care. Yeah. Keep posting. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Good meeting you, John Flanagan. Too. Yeah.